Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Want to learn how to barbecue the right way, but you're not sure where to start? Then listen to Barbecue and Tech, hosted by Chris Ashley and Rod Simmons. On episode one, the fellows tell you how to prepare and cook for a large barbecue with a little help from your phone. You can find it at Barbecue and Tech. That's bbqandtech.com. Coming up on DTNS, one of you complained that you don't like these teases. So the rest of you will just have to listen to the whole episode to find out what we say. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, October 29th, 2021 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. Also in Los Angeles, I'm Lamar Wilson. Drawing the top tech stories from Cleveland, I'm Len Peralta. And I'm Roger Shane, the show's producer. We were just talking about our thoughts on the Eternals. If you want to get that mm-hmm. and more, get Good Day Internet available at patreon.com slash DTNS. And big thanks to our top patrons like Johnny Hernandez, High Tech Oki, and David Mosher. We appreciate you. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Apple set records for revenue and profit in Q3, but supply chain issues mean it expects to fall short of investor expectations. Tim Cook warned that Q4 would be impacted even more by supply chain issues. Microsoft, however, forecast a strong Q4 as cloud services don't have to take a container ship to get to you uh, and remain strong and largely unaffected by logistics. All of that combined to see Apple's stock decline just enough to let Microsoft's growing stock make it the new most valuable company in the world. Congratulations, Microsoft shareholders. Yay, yay. <laughs> the latest version of the Chrome browser features fixes for two actively exploited zero-day vulnerabilities. Both are listed as high severity, but Google was light on the details. Since the start of 2021, Google has patches or release patches for 15 Chrome zero days. Wow. 
Google and the Indian Telco Geo Platforms announced the Geophone Next, available November 4th. That's J-I-O if you're trying to search for it. Phone costs 6,499 Indian rupees, uh, equivalent of about $87 US. Runs an extremely optimized version of Android called Pragati OS. It includes read aloud and translate now features across web, apps, and messages with support for 10 Indian languages. Specs include a quad-core Qualcomm QM215 SOC and dual SIM support. Canon announced the PowerShot PX, a family-focused surveillance camera that will automatically snap photos and videos using built-in subject recognition to frame and select shots. It shoots 11-megapixel stills and 1080p video with a mechanical pan and tilt mechanism and Bluetooth to transfer it to a phone. It retails at 450 pounds in the UK and 500 euros in Europe. No release data was announced. The dream of Google Clips lives on. (laughs) (laughs) And Huawei continued to feel the impact of U.S. rules that prevent sales of equipment, parts, and technology to the company without receiving a license from the U.S. You want to sell to Huawei? You got to get a license. Most people are not going to get a license. Therefore, Huawei doesn't get the parts. And therefore, Huawei reported its sales fell 32% in the first nine months of the year, largely because of those sanctions. Its revenue was about a third less in the period than it was in 2020. Honor which separated from Huawei last November, is doing fine now because it can get the parts. It's now the third largest smartphone maker in China, while Huawei has fallen to sixth. Thursday, the U.S. Senate unanimously passed legislation prohibiting the FCC from issuing or reviewing new licenses to sell equipment to Huawei or ZTE. The FCC had already voted to do so in June. This enshrines that in law. Earlier this week, the FCC revoked China Telecom's license to operate in the U.S. Not Mm. good news for a couple of Chinese companies. All right, let's talk about the Facebook company changing its name to Meta. A lot of you had reactions to that. A lot of journalists had think pieces on that. The Wall Street Journal has a notable piece up about Facebook's continuing pivoting over the last few years as Mark Zuckerberg tries to avoid the perils of the innovator's dilemma. Uh, If you don't know the innovator's dilemma, that's the principle put forth by Clayton Christensen in his 1997 book that successful, outstanding companies can do everything right and still lose their market lead or even fail as new unexpected competitors rise and take over the market. To oversimplify, the idea is that companies have to keep improving their existing products to satisfy their investors and customers, and that keeps them from reacting to a new product from a smaller competitor when that smaller competitor matures and starts capturing the market's attention. Uh, Usually the example people show is Microsoft failing on mobile. Uh, They just just Mm. couldn't devote the resources to it. Facebook has been dancing like a dervish to avoid this fate, in 2011 or 2012, Mark Zuckerberg emphasized mobile to the point of apparently kicking people out of meetings if they brought up desktop features. Uh, and that, coincidentally, is the same year they bought Instagram. 2016 was when Facebook went video first. Remember that? Ah, Facebook, it's all about video. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one didn't seem to work as well. In 2017, the company changed focus to fortifying connections between users and in 2019 declared groups was the heart of Facebook, which was going to be more like a living room now. Facebook is your living room. It's not the public square. Look at that comfy old sofa. This Monday, Zuckerberg declared younger users are the new focus of Facebook, (coughs) TikTok, at the expense of older users. And then Thursday, changed the name of the company to Meta and said it would be a metaverse first 
company now. Uh, so Lamar, Ooh. what do you think? They, they got this right. They're going to avoid the innovators dilemma. I, first of all, I thought it was fascinating. I read more about this innovators dilemma and, and I didn't know it was a thing that like someone had quantified that to, to be a thing. And then I, we see this, we mentioned uh, Microsoft with mobile. We think of AOL, Yahoo oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. companies that just, you would think, you know, um, what's the one before Facebook that no one, uh, uh, Friendster big, or MySpace, either one, <laughs> MySpace. Pick your, pick your yeah. Favorite. Yeah. 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 Just, it, it, and it's just fascinating. It's like, and so you see Facebook, almost in a panic right now. Like, you know, like, you, like I, I was fascinated how you were talking about these different things. I'm like, oh yeah, they did. They've changed their, their, their focus like what four or five times it seems like over the, over the years. And, and it feels like they're in a panic and they, they know TikTok is, you know, it came in as a huge disruptor and, and, and other, and other small ones are coming up. So will they make it? it's really hard to say. I, I think they will keep some parts going, but the decline, I don't think they can help. I don't think they can stop the decline. It just, people are ready to move on to other stuff. I the way, think. the way, the way you avoid the decline is identifying something else you do. That's really good. That's not associated with your current success. And you bet on it. Mark Zuckerberg's doing that with metaverse. He thinks they do that really well. Uh, speaking of metaverse, one meta associated advisor thinks their approach may be a little wrong headed. John Carmack, uh, was CTO of Oculus for six years. He recently shifted to the title of consulting CTO, but he, they still let him speak. Uh, at Facebook Connect, Carmack expressed the opinion that instead of building the metaverse, Meta should focus on products that tap into it. He said, I mean, it's going to be a long quote, but I think it's worth hearing. I really do care about the metaverse and I buy into the vision. I've been pretty actively arguing against every single metaverse effort that we have tried to spin up internally in the company from even pre-acquisition times. I have pretty good reasons to believe that setting out to build the metaverse is not actually the best way to wind up with a metaverse. My worry is that we could spend years and thousands of people possibly and wind up with things that didn't contribute all that much to the way people are using devices and hardware today. He added, I hope I can harness all this crisis energy with the metaverse that's going on. And when he says products, he doesn't mean new headsets. Regarding all the metaverse-oriented headsets in the pipeline at Meta, Carmack said, I really don't like that, and I keep pushing back whenever I hear that. Uh, One wonders Mm. what he thinks of the picture of a Meta watch found inside the Ray-Ban Stories Views app. Uh, (laughs) It shows a smartwatch with a camera notch in the face. But uh, it sounds like Carmack's like, yeah, metaverse right? Pretty much every approach I'm hearing from within Meta, not the right approach. Yeah, I and again, do we want one company handling this? I I, I think he's onto something with the idea that it's fine that we're going to this place. It it, it just doesn't we you don't, we don't need one big conglomerate using so much resources. They're going to get probably you know underutilized, you know, because they're focused on it. Whereas different different companies different places can can you know different users can help integrate this and make it a better experience that way you're just not wasting time I, I i think facebook is one of those companies that really likes to you know experiment throw away that's one of their things they you know they they you know throw things to the wall see what sticks in this case is it worth the resources to do that if only a couple of things were to come out I think of that's it that's a really good point uh, because because meta yeah. itself zuckerberg has said uh, we don't want to build the metaverse. We want to help the metaverse get built and be a part of founding it. We know we're not the only ones who can do it. But I think what Carmack is pointing out is all the ways you're going about it 
might be wasted. You you might be better off starting an open consortium, starting a standard, you know, move, move moving with others instead of unilaterally saying, "Look, everybody should do this and we're also going to do it internally." And I I think that I think Carmack has nailed it. Like the approach yeah. needs to be different if you want to avoid that innovator's dilemma and just end up spinning your wheels and and you're Microsoft trying to invent the tablet and Apple comes along and steals all your thunder a few years later. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we just talked about TikTok. So uh, oh, yeah. next story is interesting. Uh, TikTok, con- TikTok confirmed a limited test of a tipping feature, letting users send money outside of TikTok live streams. Now, TikTok does not currently take a cut of tips. TikTok already supports gifting of virtual goods on live streams. In similar news, Twitter now lets iOS users around the world pay to super follow select creators, something previously only available in U.S. and Canada. Super followers get some tweets not available to other followers. Ooh, special, special people. I don't have this feature. Uh, I, I don't have the super follower feature either. Uh, but I think yeah. it's interesting <laughs> that you're seeing this creator-oriented uh, approach to funding uh, kind of a Patreonish thing of like, just tip us, you know, just just drop a dollar in the jar sort of, sort of situation. You think that's going to work? I, I think so. There was just an article. See if I could pull it up. Yeah, perfect. It was an article I read on uh, Fast Company. I, I bookmarked it uh, the other day, and it was just it was basically move over influencers. You know, the the independent creator is is the is the person. You know, is it, the new thing now where the the audience will fund you versus companies or sponsorships funding. I, I I think it's promising. I think there's some people who have a draw. That they can have people. You're a great example of this. And you're. <laughs> I was going to make a snarky comment, but yeah, thank you. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. There's somebody I know that does a really good job. <laughs> It'll with never work, Lamar. No one will ever be able to fund a show entirely on patronage from creators. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, will it work for individuals, you know, like me, who, who you know, who are kind of like, okay, I'm in this influencer world. Can I migrate over? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, personally, I don't like the idea for what I do, having. Fans pay for things. I rather the I rather be more top down. The companies pay for it, you get everything free. That's you know <laughs> and, and for what I for what I do. You know yeah, if yeah. I did what you did, obviously I, I would it would be a different model. But that, you know, so I'm not saying I wouldn't use tips, but I'm very I have them and I really turn them on. I, I just I still feel weird about them. I, I think that's a it's a really really good point. Is that uh, my audience has been built on on a model that we're independent and we rely on you. If you get value out of the show, give value back. But if that's not the way you've built your audience, you know, if I were to suddenly take take money from top down, my audience would be like, hey, that's not how you built this. That's not okay. Same thing with your audience. If you start asking them for money, they're like, no, 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 you get your money from somewhere else. Don't start asking me for it. It's yeah. It, it's so different models work different ways. And I don't think either one of them are right or wrong. Uh, in which yeah. case, I guess that brings me back to the idea that, you know, TikTok uh, making this available is a great thing for TikTok because they can they can take a cut of it uh, eventually if it, if it catches on, but it it won't necessarily supplant anything. It will supplement it. Supplement is a good word. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Microsoft has acquired a content moderation company called Two Hat. That counts Microsoft as a client. Two Hat uses algorithms to classify and filter messages, images, usernames, videos, and more. It has helped moderate Xbox, Minecraft, and MSN, uh, but now Microsoft owns it. So Two Hat can 
do it for itself now, but it will continue to work on Microsoft moderation and also plug into Microsoft plans to expand customer services. Uh, Two Hat will continue to serve non-Microsoft customers and hopes to acquire more of them. This fits into something CEO Satya Nadella has been saying. Uh, He wants Microsoft to focus on creators and communities uh, in this case, you know, two hat brings a moderation thing to that. That's not the only thing he wants. Uh, but that's why you may have heard the company rumored to be interested in buying TikTok at one point, Pinterest at another point, discord at another point is they know that, you know, Azure's great cloud services are great. Uh, that's huge for them, but they want to avoid this innovator's dilemma too. So they're like, ah, the creator community. We see TikTok wanting to take tips. We see Twitter doing super followers. We want to provide services for both the creators and the platforms, uh, which is what we do at Microsoft. We provide services like Azure Cloud Services. We could provide community services too. Yeah, I think I think that's smart. You remember, just a side note, when Microsoft, it was some years ago, they had a they had a service similar to Facebook they were trying. It was like this this... Uh, I don't know what it was called. It was Microsoft something. It, it it was a it was a weird attempt at them trying to make a social network, and it didn't it didn't pan out. And I I, I think uh, my point is I, I think it's smart to we see something like that. You see, okay, that's not what we can do. Apple found out the hard way too with, with their social network. Let's back off and provide services for people to to. To yeah. be able to to ena- you know to enable them to be better at what they do, and I think this moderation thing is a is it's it's going to be important for multitudes of companies. So you know, just like Microsoft in the beginning had some patents for Android, it benefited other people. This could be the similar thing. You know, hey, we license this out for you know hundreds of companies, thousands of companies to use, and they get a little cut for them. So yeah. they still win either way. And they they yeah, use Azure smart. to serve lots of Microsoft stuff, but they also make a lot of money off it. Same thing. They'll they'll use Two Hat to moderate Xbox, Minecraft, et cetera, uh, mm-hmm. but also turn it into a big, you know, supercharge it as a service. Yammer? Was it Yammer? Was that the Microsoft social it, network? It, it wasn't the one I was thinking of. I'm going to have to look at it while you're, while you're talking because yeah. uh, now, now I'm, I can't, I'm upset I can't figure it out. <laughs> hey, folks, if you have a thought about something on the show, maybe you're like, ah, this, this is what you're trying to think of. Uh, maybe you're like, how do I tell you? Email us. Feedback at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. 
To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. As part of her review of the new MacBook Pros, Wall Street Journal's Joanna Stern talked to some Apple executives and unearthed a few explanations for burning questions you might have, whether you're an Apple fan or not. For instance, you have a big old notch on the new MacBook Pro, and you don't add Face ID? Said Joanna Stern, I'm paraphrasing, to Apple executives. Uh, Apple's VP of iPad and Mac product marketing told Stern that Touch ID is more convenient. Because your hands are already on the keyboard. If you're close enough to use the camera, you just reach over there and touch that touch ID. Is that wash for you, Lamar? No. <laughs> I, I, I read that. And I was like, no. It's so Apple, no, it's, it's nice to open it. And yeah, it is a very Apple comment. It's like, come on. No. When you open your laptop, it, just like Windows Hello. Come on, guys. They, no, no, they, no, no. they know. No, no. What you want, Lamar, is your hands are already on the keyboard. What if my hands aren't on the keyboard? Right now, my They're laptop's way the over there. They're not on the keyboard when I'm opening it. Has yeah. they, have they never opened a, a laptop before? All right. <laughs> this brings up another question. Why don't Apple laptops have touch screens? Your hands are right there, right? Apple Senior Vice President of Hardware Engineering, John Turnus, told Stern, we make the world's best touch computer on an iPad. It's totally optimized for that. And the Mac is totally optimized for indirect input. We haven't really felt a reason to change that. I I I still would like the option. I I get what they're saying. And, I get what and, they're uh, saying too. They don't want to cannibalize the the sale. That, that's, that's that's all. Really, it what it is, right? Yeah, because yeah. they gave us a keyboard for the iPad. They did. So they, they gave did. us the option of one direction, but not the other direction. Just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. I this this argument makes sense on the operating system, right? This to me, it's like, oh yeah, you need iPad OS for a touch based system. It, sure. So so maybe there's something to it of like, yeah, and the MacBook is different. It is a different, the operating system is meant for, for, a, for direct input for, for, for keyboard. Uh, so maybe, maybe mm. there is something there. I don't know. Feedback. I found myself on my MacBook flipping on it like an idiot trying to move like just it because I'm used yeah, to it. Yeah. 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 Just out of habit. Yeah. All right. Uh, meanwhile, the New York Times has been going in depth on the $19 Apple polishing cloth, which is now technically the Apple product with the longest shipping time. Right now, up to 12 weeks if you want to order the $19 Apple polishing cloth. Uh, But Apple's not surprised by that. Uh, Daisuke Wakabayashi wrote for the New York Times, an Apple official said in an interview based on the condition that the New York Times not quote or identify her, that the company was not surprised by the demand for the polishing cloth. The official said the cloth was very effective and had been designed to be special, including a custom light gray color. Apple said the cloth was made of a non-woven microfiber, but declined to elaborate. I'm sorry. I did not mean to laugh during your thing. It's just, it, it, like, that's such an Apple comment. <laughs> it's such an Apple comment, man. So it's different than these two microfiber cloths that I got with my glasses. 
Exactly. It's more special. It's it's, it's tuned special. to the only work as perfectly with the Apple products. Yes. I can't believe that. You know what? I can't believe. I can believe the shipping is that long because there are people who will buy everything from Apple. There are people who will buy it as a joke. I don't know. There might be people buying it as a joke to do as an unboxing. Yeah. Who are those people? Like totally. Right. Yeah. Um, And they probably didn't make that many of them is what I'm saying. Like there's enough people who will buy them for whatever reason. And they just didn't make a lot of them. That's, that's my guess. Yeah. I'm I'm guessing that. (laughs) All right. Oh man. Time to get to the controversy in the show. Yes. Now uh, listen, audience, are you some kind of monster that likes to have motion smoothing on sometimes, but would like to have it automatically turn off when you watch a movie on Amazon Prime's video service? Well, LG has a TV for you. LG's 2020 and 2021 4K and 8K TVs can now turn on filmmaker mode automatically when you're watching content from Amazon's Prime video streaming service. The feature works by showing you a pop-up that's... Uh, let me read that over. The feature works by showing you a pop-up that switch is happening, giving you the chance to make the severely unpopular choice of leaving on motion smoothing for your movie. You sinners. Apparently, (laughs) from what I've come to understand, uh, you are are forgiven for using motion smoothing on sports. That is what it's good for. It's okay on sports. No one one will, will condemn you for that. And so that's why this would exist is so that if you have it on for your sports and you switch to Amazon Prime, it automatically turns off and it saves you having to go into settings and turn it off. How many people actually turn it on and off? Most people just leave it off, even for sports, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I a little secret. So back in, I don't know, 2009, 2010, I, I, in Chicago, I would go visit Fry's Electronics. Like, I'll make it a trip. It's a, like an hour away. Oh, yeah. Visit, just to visit this Samsung 55-inch TV because I was enamored of how this motion smoothing. Well, <laughs> I'd never seen it before. But like, like... Like they were playing like a uh, Hellboy or something like that, and it was just oh my god! It's like so like I was actually into the soap opera thing. I know it's I don't have it on now, but I was enamored by it back then. I don't know why. Judge me, please. I I'm glad I'm, I'm this is a safe space. Yeah, I, don't <laughs> yeah. like it. I don't mind the motion smoothing. My my father in law <laughs> had it on one day. Was watching Star Trek: The Next Generation. I was like, I don't know. It kind of looks cool. Like it's different. Uh. It's different. That's what it is. I have turned it off on my television. I'm just, you know. Yeah, same. Let's let's be clear. You know, we've all we've all bowed to public pressure. I don't think it looks better for most things, but it doesn't bug me as much as it appears to be. Like, yeah, like you said, like it's a sin. Many people <laughs> shocking revelations. Tom and Lamar do not totally mind motion smoothing. <gasps> We're canceled. All right. Yes. <laughs> Um, how about some extra uh, information? Yeah, distract kicker? them. I'll, yeah, let me distract you here. Boston Dynamics has re- released a video featuring a quadrupedal robot. Is that right? Uh, named Spots, performing a Mick Jagger-inspired dance to the Rolling Stones song "Spot Me Up." You have to see this. The video is a tribute to the 40th anniversary of the Stones' "Tattoo You" album. This video follows a line of similar viral v- videos. Public, uh, produced by the robotics company, including one where a pack of spots danced to the BTS song. How do you pronounce this? Is it uh, Ionic? Ionic? Yeah, Ionic. I'm on it. I don't listen to BTS. Sorry, cancel. I'm canceled. Um, no, the video. The video is hilarious. Army will not I, cancel you. They'll just say you'll come around eventually. 
Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's, the song is Start Me Up, uh, but they call it Spot Me Up in this video because the spot robot is dancing along. I have to say, now, now keep in mind, this is the video of Start Me Up. So it's the young Mick Jagger. Actually, he's not even that young, but younger than he is now, Mick Jagger, uh, right. doing doing the dancing. And the spot robots are are mimicking his moves. And his moves are, you know, they're Mick Jagger moves. That, they're interesting. The spot robot yeah. moves like Jagger. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it, it was delightfully disturbing. Yeah. That's the best way I can say that video. I, I watched it and I was like, what 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 did I just see here? What but it was great, sort yeah. of. Uh Boston Dynamics always getting us talking. All right, let's check out the mailbag. What do we got in there, Lamar? Yeah, so we got an email from Kevin who says, Thank you. In a recent conversation with my wife, I found myself explaining the chip shortage that is currently plaguing auto manufacturers. About halfway through the conversation, I realized that I was just quoting or paraphrasing what I've heard on your show and others. This isn't the only conversation I've had about this topic, and I gave you credit at the end of each of these events. You make me smarter and allow me to speak intelligently about many tech-related things. Regards. Oh, thank you, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, that, that really is exactly what the show is about right there is like giving you the background so that you just feel like, you know, stuff, uh, that, that you wouldn't have known. Otherwise we, we read the news so you don't have to, uh, thank you, Kevin feedback at daily Also thanks to brand new bosses. We have three new bosses today. Uh, get ready folks, uh, to welcome Andy, Gary, Monica R and Robert Murray into the DTNS. Boss all of those, all, all, all of you out in the public feed, you can follow them. You can follow them right into the show. Thank you, Andy, Monica, and Robert. Uh, Patreon.com slash DTNS. Also, thank you, Len Peralta, for illustrating uh, the tech news this week. What have you drawn for us, Len? Well, you know, the top, you know, I say at the top of every show that I'm on that I'm drawing the top tech stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, of course, was the, I feel, the the, the biggest tech story of Certainly. the week. Yeah. You, you might have, uh, you might feel a little bit differently. Facebook turning into meta. So I wanted to do something that was both Halloween related and also capitalize on the fact that I feel that, you know, uh, Zuck is really like Michael Myers, really, honestly. <laughs> um, not because he kind of looks like him. But also because he, you know, he he no, he didn't kill Facebook. You explained that to me earlier. Um, but he he killed the name Facebook. So in this image, um, we have the tombstone of Facebook, the ten twenty eight twenty one, which, mm. and then the body of Facebook, and and a Michael Myers type character holding on the head of Facebook. <laughs> so very creepy for Halloween. May and, not exist. He's got yeah, the go meta logo on his shirt right where he his does. lungs are. <laughs> it does, because it does kind of look like <laughs> lungs, doesn't it? A little bit creepy. I, I I don't know. I find Zuck a little bit creepy. I don't know if, if anybody else is in that camp, but uh, but I thought this was perfect for Halloween. A little bit of ribbing there for our good friend uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Anyway, this yeah. is um this image is available, uh, obviously, at my Patreon if you're a Patreon backer. Patreon.com forward slash Len. Also, my online store, LenPeraltaStore.com. And also, you may want to check OpenSea because this might be an NFT as oh, well. So check it out there. Very so. clever. You could you could use that on the metaverse someday. If you Ooh, I like what you – I see what you did there. Very good. Lamar Wilson, thank you, my friend. Uh, always yes. a pleasure co-hosting with you. Uh, you got anything to let people know about before we get out of here? Yeah, first of all, sorry it, 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 for the viewer, uh, the people watching our video. I don't know what's going on with the camera, so my apology. We we will be better. 
We will be better next time. But yeah, I do videos. Um, uh, unboxing. You mentioned the nineteen dollar cloth. It's coming soon. Um, if you're watching on video, I have this box from. You'll never guess what this is from Apple. Never. It's impossible to guess what this long box is. But I'll be unboxing this probably next week. Uh, that they sent out. So uh, yeah, be sure to check that out at Lamar Wilson on any social network. Uh, Facebook actually coming November first. So and anyone anyone that you're on, you can watch me. It doesn't matter. I appreciate it. Thanks. Excellent. Folks, we are live for, at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. That's 2030 UTC until the time change next week. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back on Monday with Rich Straffolino and Tim Stevens here to talk about EVs and the supply chain. This week's episodes of Daily Tech News Show were created by the following people. Host producer and writer Tom Merritt. Host producer and writer Sarah Lane. Executive producer and booker Roger Chang. Producer, writer, and host Rich Straffolino. Video producer, Twitch producer Joe Kuntz. Associate producer Anthony Lemos. Spanish language host, writer, and producer Dan Campos. News host, writer, and producer Jen Cutter. Science correspondent Dr. Nikki Ackermans. Social media producer and moderator Zoe Detterding. Our mods, Beatmaster, W's Got Us One, BioCow, Captain Kipper, Jack Shid, Steve Guadarama, Paul Reese, Matthew J. Stevenson, and J.D. Galloway. That's Matthew J. Stevens. Mod and video hosting by Dan Christensen. Video feed by Sean Way. Music and art provided by Martin Bell, Dan Luters, Mustafa A, Acast, Creative Ast Arts, and Len Peralta. Live art performed by Len Peralta. Acast ad support from Trace Gaynor. Patreon support from Stefan Brown. Contributors for this week's show included Allison Sheridan, Scott Johnson, Justin Robert Young, and Lamar Wilson. Our guest on this week's show was Trisha Hirschberger. And thanks to all our patrons who make the show possible. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.